1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
2: Believe. The NFL season may be over, but that doesn't mean you have to stop betting. There's plenty to wager on over at BetOnline.ag, including their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest. You only need $10 to enter, but be sure to do so before March 19th. You can also bet on the NBA, the NHL, my personal favorite, NFL Draft Props, and so much more. Head on over to betonline.ag today and put your sports knowledge to the test.
0: TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
1: Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians here. We did a little emergency Tuesday episode that kind of held us over here until Wednesday. And sure enough, Jamie, that was a good call by us because there was a lot of stuff that happened between that pod and now recording this pod for us to talk about in terms of fantasy. I have a big list in front of me. Jamie, I'm going to go in the order that you gave them to me in. I think that's just the fairest way to do this. Uh, So we'll start with the move that I think kind of kicked off the day in a lot of ways. A.J. Green found himself a new landing spot. He's going to be coming to the Arizona Cardinals, coming to the desert. He will be joining DeAndre Hopkins Probably oh, immediately slides into that wide receiver, too. Jamie, I like this move for A.J. Green. I think there's going to be some opportunities here for him. What about you?
2: Uh, I'm iffy on it. Like, it was, they didn't spend that much money, and they needed to upgrade a wide receiver, too. And I think maybe more importantly, they'll finally, finally put Christian Kirk in the slot. Because uh, I can't imagine Fitzgerald's coming back now to the team with given what the, what the parameters of what the receiver room looks like. Uh, but to me... It, it's a, it's a splashier signing than it's going to be a signing of substance, I think. He showed, Green showed very considerable signs of decline last year. Uh, his 45% catch rate was abysmal. I mean, I went back and looked at it. 47 catches on 104 targets uh, from a fantasy perspective. And by the way, there were no real like with Joe Burrow, without Joe Burrow splits. Like, Adrian, it's not like, oh, Adrian Green was doing fine, and then Joe Burrow got hurt, and then it, his stats tanked. That's not the case. They're actually, in some of the statistics, he got a little bit better uh, when Burrow wasn't there, but not much. So he was pretty much the same receiver either way. I mean, last year he was the, the wide receiver 67 in total points, wide receiver 86 in average points per game. I mean, on a per-game basis, we're talking like Tyron Johnson and Willie Sneed territory. That is where AJ Green was last year in fantasy. I think he'll be a little bit better than that, but like to me, he's more like a wide receiver six last guy on your bench type of a player. I'm, I'm not sure there's the, – I just don't think there's that much more upside for him anymore.
0: Yeah, I like that he's a wide receiver two-ish here, right? And I love that he's a well-rounded guy that's tall with a big catch right? He's a lot like the guy on the other side of D-Hop. I love that they added that type of player. I'm just not sure he's that type of player anymore. He can't really go deep. Can he get those back shoulder throws that he wasn't catching? Jamie, you talked about his catch rate last year. I love that the Christian Kirk can finally go in the slot. Andy Isabella maybe can actually become a thing in the slot on the other side if they're not going to play tight ends and stay four wide. Uh, so I like it. They didn't spend a ton—six, eight million total, I guess. Could be with incentives. They need to do more. Adding an old JJ Watt. I still don't know where he, what position he's going to play. Right? If he, if he's a, if he's a four-three defensive end that's playing three-four now, standing up at. I don't even know what the defense they're in. They're old and young at the same time. Like this team's getting weird. weird. I, I like that They're trying, but what they're trying is kind of befuddling to me. Like, I don't know that I love this. They still need another piece and it needs to be a younger piece. Like that one year deal. Like it's still AJ green's going to force Larry out. Finally. Like,
2: yeah. And I mean, I like, I know, I like the like, Hudson I, trade. Like I, I, he'll help. I love out that. Line. I mean, it's a great move for them. But this is very much, and it was talked about a lot in the TDN Slack, and we've actually been on this train for a while, and I think others are catching up. But they're very much going with the "there no excuses" year for Kyler Murray, like I think, yeah. and Cliff Kingsbury, like that's what this is becoming. Mm-hmm. It, but to your point, Jake, it is a weird roster construction, like, in, in, and especially considering how much Hassan Reddick ended up signing for, which was nowhere near what I thought. And was, I mean, at that price,
0: you got to so bring look him at back that, for that price.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, so. You have major needs at corner still, and maybe you address that at sixteen, but I there's just there's just a lot of like weird pieces here where they've shuffled a lot of they've made a lot of moves, but I don't think they've maybe got incrementally better. And, and I'm not sure it's gonna be good enough to do anything other than again, is your goal to be the seventh seed and lose on wildcard weekend? Because that doesn't this kind of feels like that's what maybe they are at
1: this point. I course. still think they're the worst team in the NFC West. still, still could make it.
2: You can, make that now.
1: you can make
0: that argument. I don't know that they've gotten that much better either. I look, I love that they didn't let Rodney Hudson become a free agent because I think five or six teams would have been driving up the price. Mm-hmm. You just take on his price. You give up a third, you get a seventh back. He's got a lot left. You're really, really solid with your young quarterback. To me, that's the best piece they've added by far so far is that solidifying that interior line in front of your entire franchise. And that's your quarterback, which you, mm-hmm. you went back-to-back years, right? Uh, But the A.J. Green thing, I think he could be really solid but depending on if they can add another piece. And depending on who the running back is, we still don't know what that situation is going to look like. Can he get some man and are you going to have to play zone against them? Because if that's the case and he can fill in some nuances outside, now you can run those guys deep. If Kirsten Kirk could go deep from the slot, that could be really interesting.
1: Let's transition to one of the other big wide receiver moves that we saw today. Curtis Samuel linking up with the Washington football team. Uh, Jamie, this is a sentence that I didn't think 2021 would allow me to say. The Washington football team might be fun to watch next year.
2: They're going to be. That defense is legit. Uh, Getting Adam William Jackson to that team is going to be really good. But for fantasy purposes, this is the really interesting move because Samuel really kind of came on last year. He pretty much set career highs across the board and everything but targets and touchdowns finishes a top 30 wide receiver in average points per game, top 26 in total points. And maybe more important than all of that, because I think you're looking at Curtis Samuel to me as like a wide receiver three in fantasy. Uh, he can do a little bit of everything. He can be the guy they hand the ball to a little bit. They can do some razzle dazzle. He's got plenty of speed. He can be some of that misdirectional eye candy that all these teams love to run now as they try to get more. Again, you can only get so creative with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they can get pretty creative with Gibson and McKissick and, and McClure and, and, and Curtis Samuel, but, that second-to-last name there is the big one. You finally have a compliment for Terry McLaurin in this offense. and I think that is going to be huge for what he can do when defenses don't have to just key in on him. You've had the breakout season from Logan Thomas at tight end. You're going to bring in, in Curtis Samuel. You now have a lot of pieces. You now have a lot of options that defenses have to account for and a lot of speed on the field. And now a quarterback that can make throws all over the field. Like that, that's the biggest thing to me. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw picks, but there's not a throw as you saw, as he was getting his neck broken while throwing (laughs) sideways. There's not a throw that Ryan Fitzpatrick can't still make. And now he's got a lot of weapons to do this with this Washington team is going to be incredibly fascinating next year on both sides of the ball. And to me, I think this is a team that's going to be extremely dangerous. Like I know they won the division last year, but they won the division by default They're going to win the division and take it this year. Uh, I I am thrilled with what they're doing so far in Washington.
0: That was about to be my question, Jamie. Are they the favorites in the NFC East now? I think so. They should be. I love the fifth match signing. I I love it. If they do something else with it, I'd love it. But Look, Curtis Samuel, I love his progression as a receiver this year. They do move him all over the place. But you added speed, now you have a big arm quarterback. They've upgraded their team at two vital positions with the defense starting loaded, and they added to that. I love what they got going on. It's all low key. I love that everything with the Washington football team is just kind of chill. You're adding really good players, not a lot of flash, but you got better. You got better and you went to the playoffs and you won the division last year.
1: Yeah, they definitely improved, and I'm with you guys. I think that makes them the immediate favorites uh, in the NFC East. I know everyone's going to probably fall in love with Dak being back and healthy for a full year in Dallas, but that team still has way too many problems. The books might install
2: to Dallas them. to protect themselves as the favorites because they're it's like the Patriots have before, like they were a public team. Sure. But the Washington football team is a better – I think there's no doubt in my yes. mind they're a better football team than the Dallas Cowboys.
0: They better fix that offensive line before they oh. play that team. I'll tell you that much.
2: Or really any yeah. team, yeah. Considering yeah. the way
1: the yeah. line yeah. played last year.
2: Yeah. yeah. True.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seattle's been pretty active today. They add Gerald Everett to their offense, and while we were recording the show, they also make a move to bolster their offensive line, maybe to help Russ Cook. They're going to get Gabe Jackson from the Las Vegas Raiders for a pick uh, in the 2021 draft. We don't know exactly the specifics there. Uh, Jake, I'll start here with you. They add a pass-catching option to their offense, and now we see that they're doing some work to try to also protect their quarterback. What the hell is
0: going on in, in Las Vegas? I, all of their really good players are now leaving. For now, they bring it, Richie Incognito back, which I like. Gabe Jackson to play, man, I love that addition. Gerald Everett could be the best pass catching tight end we've seen with Russ and all of Russ's career. They he gets it done with a bunch of Will Disleys and random names. Gerald Everett is a freak at the combine. Come out of college, went to UAB, transferred down to South Alabama, and UAB lost program it was kind of a tweener on the field, off the field. But the way that they use their tight ends, I love this for them. One of the most explosive guys playing the tight end position, one of the most athletic guys playing the tight end position, with the way Russ can move around, if they can get some chemistry, man, they got better too. They got better on that interior offensive line if they want to run the ball with a road grading blocker. And Jared Everett's not the greatest blocker in the world, but he's probably one of the most athletic guys, like I said, out there. He's a matchup nightmare when they want to move him around.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued by this move a lot because we have seen some significant fantasy value from yeah. Seattle tight ends over the years. Like going back to Jimmy Graham in 2015, tight end 10 in average points, tight end 9 in 2016, tight end 7 in 2017. You know, last, two seasons ago, even Will Disley popped up before that major Achilles injury. He was a top 10 tight end. So there's going to be that option there, especially now with defense is so focused on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett sometimes Russ has got to get the ball out of his hands quicker. That's something that he's going to have to do this season. And jailed Everett could be a, a huge beneficiary of that. Last year, he only played 57% of the snaps for the Rams. And the year before, he played a little bit under 50. So we really haven't seen Everett play a true featured role. He ended up falling out of favor late in the 2019 season where Tyler Higbee kind of came on. Uh, but to me, I'm really intrigued by this because he's athletic. He can do a lot. He's that true move tight end for Seattle. Uh, I think he's somebody that, Again, I'm not taking in tight end one territory yet. I need to see this. But if you're looking for flyers late in the draft, as we talk about, if you're waiting on tight end, which quite frankly you should, if you're not going to get one of the elite options, they're all kind of the same. Like there, There's really a whole list of like guys that are going to be bigger from week to week. Maybe you want to stream them. Everett's in that conversation now. I'm really intrigued to see if he can produce that top 10 fantasy tight end value that we have seen Seattle produce more often than not over the last handful of years. Let
1: me jump in here uh, with some breaking news. I don't know how much it has an impact for our, our fantasy sweepstakes, but we're talking about all of the moves, and we were just talking about this team. Uh, Patrick Peterson not going to be returning to the Arizona Cardinals. He inks a one-year $10 million deal to go to Minnesota. Minnesota? So Minnesota, the Minnesota, Vikings, places, huh? Minnesota Vikings defense. So he is, to, to quote the song, he is a new man on the Minnesota Vikings as Patrick Peterson going to take a one-year $10 million deal to go to the Minnesota Vikings. Chris, are uh, trying to win a of our, Super Bowl this year. You, yep, go ahead one of our guys that's taking
0: a one-year deal for good yep. money to that's a right. solid team and letting that cap come back up. I thought it, I thought it was yep. going to be Seattle or San Francisco. I really thought he was going to stay in the division, but good for him for getting to $10 million. That's a big number.
1: Yeah, and he's... And he's basically, I I think it's it's fair to say he basically becomes the Xavier Rhodes uh, there in Minnesota, right? I mean he takes. He's over better, but I love him. in Zim's defense, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I, right, and, and I think that's the fit that they're trying to, to to fill because that's what I take on. away
2: from this. Because I don't think the Vikings are contenders, but he will have success in Zimmer's defense, and then hits the market again a year from now when the Caps in a whole different situation. So there's kind of two ways you approach that. To like Jake's point, you can even go, I'm going to take one year less money and go try to win a Super Bowl, or I'm going to go take one year for as much money as I can get with the best opportunity to succeed personally to then hit the market again and go where I want for the money I want. I think this. I don't is think
0: those bad. other contenders other than San Francisco, maybe had the money to give him 10 million. I mean, for that's him to 10 for do. one year, that's a big
1: number. Yeah, that is a big number. And the corner market has been pretty, pretty, um, flat. It's been expensive. Right. Right. Well, well Shaq Griffin got um, yeah. a decent amount for Jacksonville. Young guys got, got paid. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that market has been moving in that direction. Uh, Jake, let's talk about it. You called them a mess, uh, what's going on with the Las Vegas Raiders. They did attempt to add to their offense. Uh, John Brown, the wide receiver one in Las Vegas. Jamie, you asked it as a question in our little pre-show meeting here, and I'm going to phrase it the same way here because I think that's the default wide receiver one for this team as of this moment.
0: I, I love – look, I love me some smoke. And if he's healthy, he's by far their best, most well-rounded receiver. I think he could fit in what Aguilar did last year, maybe do a little bit more of that. You hope that Ruggs comes on. You hope the other rookie comes on. Big, good-looking kid from South Carolina. I always forget his name, Brian. Something Jamie will say in a second. Brian Andrew Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. I always forget his I don't know why. I never forget. I that one always never pops in my head. Uh, but they, I like their pieces. And John could play multiple positions. I think it's a great addition. If you're going to lose Aguilar for that money. You're not paying him that. And replace no. him with John Brown for right. a lot for a lot less. I don't know that you lose any production and you might actually get a better player if he's healthy. John's got to be
2: healthy. Absolutely. But I like this a lot for them because I think what he can do is if you think back two years to what the role Tyro Williams played for this Raiders team, that deep threat down the field, that was a significant factor in that offense as they're basically pseudo wide receiver one uh, because of the Antonio Brown stuff that happened that off season. Uh, he's somebody that's really intriguing to me from that spot, because I know this year he Brown had a, a down campaign. He was a, outside the top 50 receivers, but two years ago, he was a top 25 wide receiver and we still haven't seen what we need to see from Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards. There's still potential. That's all they have there right now. And I still like Ruggs a lot, but if the Raiders are going to continue to use him like they did last year, he's going to be irrelevant. I, I was, I will continue to say, I have no idea. They had no plan to get Henry Ruggs involved or there was something else behind the scenes playbook wise that we don't know about because they did not seem to get creative with him at all. Uh, so to me, outside of the Darren Waller, who's clearly their top option, John Brown has a chance to be successful. And if you remember a couple of years ago, that Ty- Tyre Williams was a top 50 wide receiver. He was a wide receiver four, averaging 11 points per game for them. I think that's kind of where you should probably look at John Brown now is that wide receiver four range, assuming they don't bring in somebody else. They've got so many other holes on defense and the offensive line they have to fix. I can't imagine they're spending significant draft capital or funds on bringing in another receiver at this point. If he's healthy, he's going to be somebody that's fantasy relevant and worthy of rostering in all formats.
0: I like that one. That one is for the money in the players. That's an upgrade. Losing Dave Jackson and your center and Rodney Hudson replacing Richie Incognito, who's solid to getting up
2: there. And Trent Brown. And
0: Trent. What are you doing? Dude, Derek Carr was a top eight quarterback last year. You've seen what happens when he doesn't play behind a good offensive line. And you want to run the ball primarily and play action off of that. Where's the splash? Like all these good players are gone. You're going to end up with what Kansas City's tackles because they didn't want them. I, I what? That's all that's left.
1: Yeah. Or they got to start watching some film of uh, Elijah Vera Tucker and some of the guys that might be available when they pick in the draft. I mean, that's that's you the might way. have to
0: go that route. But playing with rookie tackles means you ain't making the playoffs. Unless yeah. you're the Bucks, if Christian Work plays out of his freaking mind.
2: Well, yeah, but that's but one playing left. Yeah. That's that's that was still a guy that was being discussed in the top eight. I think there's different when you have Colton Miller at left tackle and trying to figure out, you know, who, like, I like the tackle class. And if, if they can find an okay option there, but you're replacing the majority of your line and they're all going to be downgrades in year one, even if there's potential, they're all going to be downgrades for year one. You brought incognito back at least, but that's, what are
1: you doing to fix the defense? Oh, I mean, Yannick Ngakwe was was I was probably their biggest splash defensively, right? I don't like know. like I said, sure. unique name, not but, a unique player. No, but but I, but, but, but Jake, I mean, I don't Ngakwe know how good, much else they're like, gonna do because they don't they have they can't the catch stop pick anybody from
2: it. throwing on them. Right.
1: Uh, I don't know. And their man. draft hey. pick, their defensive draft picks over the last couple of years have been questionable, and I think yeah. that's being nice.
2: Fourth overall pick in Cleveland, Farrell. Right, you reached that, on our net. Yeah, and so those those two
1: picks they've they've reaped the the. The, ben- the, uh, the, the negativity from that, right? They've, the, all of the... the-
2: Darren yeah. Conley. Like, I mean, this, right. this is an extended history now.
1: Right, of them yeah, not is. You know, succeeding. And there are consequences to not you know, succeeding with, with your draft picks. Uh, Marlon Mack's going to go back to Indianapolis. Jamie, let's talk about Marlon Mack in this, in this Indianapolis offense and then also the impact that this signing is going to have on Jonathan Taylor.
2: So I was a little surprised to see him go... Jake's
1: reaction when I was setting that up was incredible. He just threw his hands in the air.
2: I was a little surprised to see him go back there, but I mean what I guess we should have realized is the market for running backs coming off of uh, an Achilles injury wasn't going to be great. And he got, basically he got all the, got all $2 million guaranteed to him. Uh, I'm not worried about it. I didn't actually, I walked through this in my article. That's now up at the draftnetwork.com. I didn't move Taylor at all. Like I'm watching it. I'm, I'm aware of it, but I didn't move Taylor down in my RB rankings or my overall rankings. I still think he's my RB eight. I'm still taking him in the top 10 of the first round. Uh, obviously I would have preferred if Mac wasn't there, but I also don't think this is going to be some tremendous detriment to him.
0: Dude, Naheem Hines became more than a thing. He became a legit fantasy thing along with Jonathan Taylor, who's now a legit top 10 back. You had to have had a better market than this. You automatically re for $2 million. I don't care. There's guaranteed. like. you. This is killing his career. There's a bunch of other places he could have gone, and there's no way he couldn't have got three or four million. He's a stud coming off an Achilles. Achilles not ACL. It makes no sense to me whatsoever that he comes back, and I don't think it affects Jonathan Taylor or Naheem Hines at all. I think he's literally going to be an option as a backup, and that's it. I hate this. I hate this for the kid. I was expecting him to make a splash somewhere.
2: Yeah, I was, I was surprised that, because, again, the, I guess you go to the, the the familiar path, but you don't go with the path that's going to be best for to get you another big contract at some point. Uh, it, it's – I don't know. It, it's odd to me. But he's an interesting handcuff, you know, uh, that, that is in somebody that I think – like, if, if Taylor got hurt, I think they might go back to that combo of Mack and Hines the way they used them before. But that's really all. Like, Mac's not the fantasy-relevant one here, but I did think we, we need to address the, the Jonathan Taylor stuff for those owners that were – He could have been about. somewhere.
0: Like, there's no way the Jets couldn't have given him more than $2 million. I agree. And now you're competing for the starting spot. If you look good coming off the Achilles, you got a chance to get – there's no way they didn't offer more than $2 million.
1: Well, let's talk about a running back situation in which a signing I think is going to have a major impact on the running back room, and that is Jamal Williams signing with the Detroit Lions, and what that does to DeAndre Swift. Jamie That's and I had soul. a conversation last night uh, in the TDN Slack where we were talking about this, and I was not happy because I have DeAndre Swift uh, in a in a in a keepers dynasty league, and. Boy, do I not feel comfortable now moving forward with DeAndre Swift as one of my starting running backs considering Jamal Williams is there and he's going to get some touches. He's going to get some run.
2: Yeah, I, it's, to me, this is, this, is, this is fascinating because I, I love Jamal Williams. Just, he does so many things well, but this is, this is what you didn't want with DeAndre Swift. This is what you thought you were going to avoid this offseason after they played with, okay, we're going we're gonna to give Adrian Peterson a big role. You thought, okay, at least Swift's going to walk in and he's going to be the guy. Williams is going to steal passing down work from him. He he has to. Williams is such a phenomenal pass blocker. He's a great catcher. He can do a little bit of everything. He's going to get a play. And while this is really this is really interesting for Anthony Lynn and the Detroit Lions as a real life football team, and it's not very interesting for fantasy owners. To me, I. I still look at Swift as you're still going to take him in that RB two territory where I kind of had him before, but he's in that like RB 15, 16, 17 range for me now. And I don't think he's got the RB one upside that we were really looking forward to seeing this year because Williams is going to play like he, they didn't sign him to not play his skill set says he's going to play. And there could be just like we saw with Aaron Jones and green Bay at times prolonged stretches where Williams on the field for entire series and you're just waiting for DeAndre Swift to get back on the field, which is going to limit his upside. So this is this is disappointing if you're a Swift uh, fantasy manager in and in a keeper or dynasty. or are just hoping to get him with some major upside going in redraft leagues.
0: And it should kind of piss you off if you're a freaking Lions fan. You don't take a running back in the first round unless he's a three-down guy, which DeAndre Swift is. I, we all love Jamal Williams. We love his ability. pass block, everything you just talked about. Again, New York Jets, are you trying to get better? All this is telling me is you're drafting a running back really high.
1: Oh, whoa, whoa, like whoa, there's it, no need to be taking
2: shots. My team's had a good week. What was this all about? They've been solid. Who's a running back? Uh, we're good. You could have. You well, Michael P. Ryan's <laughs> back there. Give him the ball. We're well, fine. Michael P. Ryan's
0: back there. You could have added a solid piece for, what, $7 million for two years? If I'm the Detroit Lions fans, I'm not happy with this. You don't take DeAndre Swift where you took him and then do this to him. He's not going to be a third down back. And why did you waste a first-round pick and do that now? I know you fired your staff and you, everything's an upheaval. And Anthony Lynn wants to run the ball. I love it for for him for that option, but I, I hate it for for his fantasy value for Lions fans. Like this is bad. Franchises do stupid shit.
1: Najee Harris going to look really good at in a jet uniform at twenty three. That's all I want to say. That's my point. They're taking oh, one. Now. Oh, they're taking. They, a just missed, at, they just
0: missed. They just missed out on really good players for cheap, which means they're taking one and. Early in this draft,
1: I mean, there are still some decent running backs available if they wanted to go that direction. Chris Carson, I know, but dude, Marlon
0: Mack for two and a half million to say, okay, I'm going to take a flyer for one. It was
1: a one year deal. Give him three. Sign him and Jamal Williams and draft one. Listen, now, now, Jamie can attest. Jamie can attest. I was on the Jamal Williams to the Jets bandwagon for a while. Okay, I wanted that to happen. They didn't do it. I'm just saying, and
0: and draft one, and now you have a solid running back room. Where right now it is. A bunch of
2: dudes I've never heard of.
1: Okay. Let's discuss Kenny Galladay. Because, oh,
2: what the, we signed Josh Adams or whatever today, right, Chris?
1: I uh, think so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Kenny Galladay because I actually didn't know this was allowed. He's going to go on a visit to, to – old, old school, baby. Old school. Like, old school. Like, wait, when did we go back to 2008? Like, when did this happen? We're, did, we're taking visits now? So, Kenny Galladay going to visit with the New York Giants. Jake, I'll start here with you. This isn't official yet. He's just going to take a visit and potentially go there. Do you like this fit if Kenny Galladay were to end up in New York with Daniel Jones?
0: Yeah, I like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones can sling it. They've got some other weapons. I think it'd be a good piece if they want to pay him what he's wanting, which is $18 million plus. Uh, They need more than that. This is weird, man. Like This the NFL in 2021, Like you don't know what the Meadowlands looks like or how far it is. You're going to have to live 45 minutes to an hour away from the complex in North Jersey, which sucks. Is that why you're going on this visit? You want to see the complex? You want to go sit down with Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman and see what's up? Like, offer the money. It makes no sense to me that that's where we are. This is so old school. I kind of like it. But at the same time, I'm like, what the hell? By far the best player left on the board. Throw the money out there. And then, like, are you – is this like the coaching thing in college where we're we're going to hide our candidate with the search firm and nobody's going to see him? He's in a hotel for three days. And then we announce it? Like we were, if we have him in our building, nobody else can steal him for a couple of days. Like, what, what is this? Well, Cincinnati
1: yeah. offered him a one-year prove it deal. So. Yeah. You know, for how much
0: like one year,
2: one year prove it. Don't know, but not enough, <laughs>
1: but it wasn't enough. That was the report that came out today that Cincinnati offered Kenny Galladay a one-year prove it deal. And to which the response in the TDN slack was to prove what, what does Kenny Galladay need to prove? He's a, that he, can stay, that he can
0: stay healthy one year, sure. 20 million. I, I didn't take a one year, 20 and hit the market again.
2: It depends on how much they offered him. It
1: didn't sound like it. Didn't it was sound in like the, it, in
2: the neighborhood of twenty million dollars. Yeah.
1: It sounded like it was. If you got we nothing would like else, you come here relatively cheap. If you don't want to if sit eight, at home, if, if it was eighteen, I don't know that
0: I wouldn't. Like, two million more than the than the cap number, yeah. than the franchise tag, and hit the market again next year. I mean, with Joe Burrow and those all those weapons, that wouldn't be terrible.
2: Jamie, I, do I you like Holiday in New York? I do. I think you. I think that's kind of where i have expected him to be all off season. Uh, I think they can use that true all around receiving threat uh, with him that.
0: I like him but, anywhere, don't you, James? Like, he's just yeah, one of those I mean, guys that can fit on any team because he does everything.
2: Yeah, and Daniel Jones will throw it down the field. Like, I would love him in Miami if Deshaun Watson's there. I don't love him in Miami if Tua's starting. So, like, there's that other equation there. That's the other team he's been connected to. Uh, but, yeah, I think he would be a fit anywhere. He was just as – as I keep bringing it up, I know a broken record – I know he wasn't healthy last year, but in the games he played, he was the Kenny Galladay of old, which is encouraging because sometimes the guys get hurt and they had poor play in the middle and you have to try to guess whether or not it was the injury that was affecting them or they really started to slip. That wasn't the case with Galladay. He's got to prove that the hip is healthy. He's got to prove that he can stay healthy, but you know, it's not going to be – no matter where he goes, it's not going to be a QB upgrade over Stafford. It it is the reality of the situation for him, but – I think he's going to be pretty good wherever he goes. He's true, he's proven to be a true wide receiver one before. There's no reason why he shouldn't go at least as a wide receiver two in fantasy drafts coming up. But uh, I am very intrigued by this this visit. Uh, whether or not it was Galladay that really want to do this, whether it's the Giants have some concerns about his hip, whatever it might be, uh, it's very odd to kind of see that in this day and age when everybody knows of, everything.
1: It feels very Gettleman-y, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was to say it could be like we want our doctors to look at you and yeah. prove it. Here's the here's the here's the number. If our doctors say yes. And he goes, well, if that's the number, then I know I'm good. I'll go, I'll do that. Yeah, that yes. kind of makes sense. I really like him everywhere. By the way, does John Brown to Las Vegas mean Juju's not going there? And my Chargers things looking kind of good now that Hunter Henry's
2: gone? I
1: think, the market I think so. for Juju is getting very weird, right? Like the Jets
2: signed Corey Davis. The, if the Giants signed Galladay. Yeah, the Jets could sign him. Like if you sign Juju tomorrow and you cut Jameson Crowder, if you wanted to. I no, don't dude, have to, the, league, you the
0: to. league year technically started
1: today. Yeah, it's not like we're getting late into free agency. No, three like days, four hours.
2: Cameron. Right, where right. are the deals? But
1: like, I'm just saying, like, there are we're, the teams are, are being crossed off. Like, they're the teams are getting wide receiver help. I guess
0: Nelson Aguilar got 13 million dollars. Yeah, I mean, Juju's getting 16 somewhere.
1: Th- th- so I will go to I LA. Then never, we'll send him to the Chargers. I'm just saying, I loved Aguilar. that
0: the other day, but it didn't make any sense. And that was starting to look pretty good. But does that mean he's not going to to Las Vegas?
1: I don't know what Vegas having, they is don't doing. have any money. Jake, apparently, you're asking me to try to figure out what Mike Mayock and John Gruden are doing in Vegas, and that's just I, I'm not going to do that on the show today.
0: Drinking Coronas a Hooters. It's I true. just have
2: no idea what's going on. I about. just I would love to be a fly on the wall as Juju's explaining TikTok to John Gruden. But, oh my God, dude, Frank what Caliendo, Frank, I need you. You got to learn Juju
0: or get a sidekick, but that would be the most epic Frank Caliendo skit.
1: Ever. Oh gosh! Let's Need it. Let's, that that let's, would be awesome. Let's wrap up the show talking about a combination of things. There were three teams. We mentioned Arizona earlier, uh, adding to their offensive line. The 49ers made sure Trent Williams didn't go anywhere, uh, with the uh, largest contract given out to an offensive lineman in NFL history: six years, 138 million. And Kansas City. Uh, They continue to make moves. Kyle Long joining the fold today. So let's discuss the offensive line moves, Jake, for these three teams bolstering their offensive line, trying to protect their quarterbacks for next year.
0: Trent Williams deserves it, but that's a six-year deal. What is avoidable after three? He's 32. That's a gigantic contract. He's probably the best left tackle in football, so you're going to pay him like that. I like that. The Chiefs, Kyle Long lost like 75 pounds when he retired. How much of that is he putting back on? He's playing what? You're still worse. You do watch the Super Bowl, and then you let the two tackles that couldn't play go. And now they're still sitting in free agency as probably the best two tackles left that anybody can sign. That makes no sense to me. I don't know what the chiefs are doing on that offensive line either. That's a sh- ton of money for Tooney. Who's a solid player, but he's a free guard. Now, Kyle, Young, Long long one year, 5 million. Duvernay Tardif, is he coming back? You're going to kick him out to tackle. Maybe he plays right tackle for you. And then you do something at left tackle. I, I, I have no idea what's going on, by the yeah. way. Before we jump off of that, we're talking kickers. I'm just letting you guys know. I'm bringing it up. We're not hitting oh, yeah. the show without saying Matt Prater to Arizona. Big-time upgrade in that dome.
2: You're it's you cross the the fi- <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. You cross the 50, and you're taking shots. From a fantasy point of view, oh, yeah. I love him. I love him in this offense. You were big on Zane. So was I. Zane missed a ton of kicks last year. Yeah, he's- and Zane was not good past 52. There's like They couldn't even try it. Yeah. Matt Prater with this team? It was Cliff wants to start sending him out there. You're going to have a bunch of fifty pluses, and then the Bucks re-signed and Ryan Sucker was a giant deal there too.
2: Yeah, b- both of them top twelve kickers. I think Prater's probably up. To, I mean, I have not begun to look at fantasy. Top six. Yet. Forgive what? me. You don't yeah. have your
1: kicker rankings up yet. Yeah, I don't
2: have my kicker rankings yet, but probably. I top mean, six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that he's he's in that right in that range. Um, it gets the offensive line is going to be weird because where's Kyle Long playing? Is he going to play left tackle? Because if they're playing Nying at right tackle, Tardif at right guard, Dooney at left guard. Where are they playing? Where are they playing? Long? They still on the he, center? He wasn't.
0: He wasn't a tackle. He
2: I know. So like, where, where are you playing like, these Leafs guys? Fan is
0: not, like, God, that's I, I, no idea what's going on there. Like, I loved when they were talking about getting in the Rodney sweepstakes, and then that's why I love the Cardinals trading for him, not letting him hit yeah. frames.
2: Yeah, because Kansas but, City would have made too much sense there. That would, yeah, that I, would have been but, the perfect spot for him.
0: I, like, I get past Mahomes is pretty good on the run, but you want him on the run on every play. It didn't work out too good in the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. Like, you think one, they would fix this?
2: Yep. You have one goal.
0: You have Kansas just anything they,
2: but a Super Bowl victory is a failure. Like, that's where they are at this point. I mean,
0: there's is what it is. At, f- at 5 million dials, Kyle Long can be your ultimate Swiss Army knife. He can fill in, other than center, he can fill in pretty much everywhere. At 5 million, that's okay. That's the number, right? One year, 5 million?
2: Yeah. And I think that would have been like, I like him in at, as that, like, six offensive lineman type of role because let's say, it now, again, this would have been better if you got Hudson. Then things get interesting because you're probably playing a rookie at left tackle, but you're playing a first round rookie at left tackle. You've got Dooney at, le- at left guard. You uh, you have Hudson at center, Tardif uh, at, at right guard, and Yang, who they still like. I, I we'll see. He didn't play football last year, so who knows? And we're starting to see, by the way, a healthy number of these opt outs. The teams are going like, yeah, now we're opting out of you this year, as we've seen. Your boy. And- <laughs> yeah. Your boy. Amy Damian, Williams, Damian Williams. Williams, which we talked about on the show yesterday, and uh, the big emergency show that Chris and I did. I mean, yep. it is. I'm not Jets. surprised to see that.
1: Jets sign Damian Williams. Can, can you
2: stop?
0: Back
1: up. You're this... getting a good player. Stop, stop sending running backs to my team. We're taking a I'm running back. To have Algaris. Algaris. I'm, no, we're taking so a running you back. At back you don't want to back up. I told you, you, you Michael, really Michael P Ryan. We have LaMichael P Ryan. We've got we're all good. this
2: money. What are you? What are you
1: sitting on it for? You can't. You can't go all Patriots and just spend to your heart's desire. It doesn't How work. much do you think these guys are going to cost you? We're not telling he you to sign. Marlon Mack,
0: Marlon know, Mack there, was three million dollars.
1: There are other things what, that what you, you want to do. Damian Williams is. They got to right. get a. They got to get a corner. They need more offensive linemen. Like they might what go to deter- you? the two Chiefs guys. That's money. How, is, trying- how is signing Damian Williams prohibitive? Of, do- of
0: doing Listen, any of that? I
1: just take and having yeah. a
0: solid three down backup running back.
1: No, I, I'm. Your- I'm not. A, I'm not saying like I'm against it, but like I, there's so many other things I want them to address first. I, that's why you're an insane fan. I'm literally trying to help your
0: team. And you're arguing with me about how that's not making them better. Well, would it, The would reason it's, you suck is because you have to do all those other positions too. But you need to get better somewhere. And i sure needs to
1: be on offense. Would it, would it be a conversation between you and I if we weren't arguing? I mean, that's, that's kind of hard. No, it's uh, more fun really to works. scream. I'm that's losing true. my voice anyway from being sick. It's kind of how this works anyway. Okay, so I, I want to get us out on one more thing because we've talked a lot about the trade rumors surrounding quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Well, we kind of have a little bit of, a, of an inkling as to what the offer was that Chicago made uh, in the deal uh, that ultimately didn't happen where Seattle said thanks, but no thanks. Uh, three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and two starters. Jamie, do you want to talk about trying to figure out who the two starters were, or do you want to talk about the deal itself?
2: Oh, well, I, if there's no chance in the world that one of the two starters wasn't Roquan Smith. So we, we know that we don't know that, but we know that, um, what the other one was, who knows? It's, oh, I bet it. Yeah. I have very good reason to believe that one of the starters was, was Roquan Smith. So, um, but as we've talked about from the beginning, the Seahawks were not trading Russell Wilson this year. They're, they're not. They, 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 There are capital implications. There are who is going to replace him. There's a lot of these things that go into the, the stuff being played. He was not getting traded this year, which was the big thing. I was like, everybody's screaming about Andy Dalton as if it was like Andy Dalton or Russell Wilson. They're like, no, we'll pass on Russell. No, they, they, Russell Wilson was not available to them. They tried. They failed. Try again in a year. They weren't going to get him. But I, I just – and by the way, if they the Bears would have made that trade, people would have been complaining that they gave up too much. So like there was there, there Dude, was no one situation there.
0: Three firsts, Roquan Smith, another starter, and a third for Russell Wilson. That's right. They I are giving it. up too, they are giving up yeah. too much. Like I was all on the Ryan Pace bandwagon minus the Trubisky thing. But if that's literally what was offered, that's like going the polar opposite direction to try to fix mistake A of yep. drafting Trubisky that freaking hot. Like, Russell Wilson's a stud, but you've got nothing left. By the way, you think if Paul Allen hadn't passed away and still owing the Seahawks, that $40 million in dead money that we're talking about would have just been, whoop, like one big check because he didn't really care. He's it one of those, those dudes who was like, it does, it does. I mean, that's uh, – people forget to talk about that stuff. we talk about dead money. The Rams, Stan Kroenke being, what, second or third richest owner, he didn't mind writing that check for Gurley and for those guys to be gone. And, that, that, and, dead, and that dead golfing. money. Yep. I'll just write the check. Let's need yourself a job, and I'll write the check. I think that stuff matters when you start talking about this because that's why you said all along that Russell wasn't getting traded this year. It's next year that it becomes prohibitive. This year's prohibitive to do it. Next year, it kind of opens things up to cap-wise and stuff It may make sense.
1: That's just an absurd price tag, I think, in order to uh, get Dude, if that's Russell the case, Wilson. what
0: does Deshaun Watson get? It's got to be close to that. I mean, I, to me, Russell Wilson is much better, but that's a ton. I mean, you're talking about a first-round starter. And Roquan Smith, yeah. who's in his prime, is one of the top four five linebackers in the league. Yeah. I, I, I
2: mean, know. you're getting that, Bobby Wagner back? But like, I don't think they could have made the – that's the thing, too. I don't know if they, can, they could not make these calf numbers work.
1: No, the calf math on like, the bear side was crazy.
2: Like, it just it – just, even in for Seattle, like, these guys – these teams have to feel the team. Like, I think some people always want to look at this as, like, this is a video game, and a team will just decide to throw – like, you have to actually be able to feel the team. Like, I got, that,
0: I got a question. Are the Patriots done? Are you guys, like, waiting in the weeds thinking that something crazy even crazier than the amount of money that they've overpaid these guys? And by the way, for them to all of a sudden be, like, the favorites in the AFC East again? That's stupid. Because no, they there's, overpaid there's, for these dudes? Like, no, come on the with this national the media BS. Like, yeah, they're,
2: they're still guys. third in that division. Like,
0: Maybe fourth like, if the Jets get their shit together.
2: Yeah, but like it's the Jets. Is the, so we'll it is see. the Jets. Jamie, do we uh, share?
1: Do we share what you and I talked do. about? The other I day? I think we
2: shared the same point of view on this. Is that I think they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, um, Mike Ditka, Ricky Williams themselves up for a quarterback. That's what I think they're gonna I, do.
0: I, I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on it. Like I, I have a feeling like they've. I think gone they're gonna trade crazy. their whole draft and be like they've gone crazy on this. Spin, or somebody which is so not them. Oh, I hope that. I hope that's the case because they're not. They, they're not winning four games. I, it I, this feels like this crazy year where they're all, they're all in panic mode. Brady leaves and wins the Super Bowl. They're overspending, which they never do, and now they're going to make some crazy trade for a quarterback. I, 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 yeah. I was want to see what you guys said because it feels like, who we're waiting on this giant splash to come out of there.
2: They're, they're in panic mode. They're responding to Brady. Belichick's got Shula in his sights in the near-ish future if and they he actually needs to start to win, win games some games quickly. for the wins record. I think they're putting themselves – I think why they're just casting this massive net here is going, okay, well, instead of needing all these mid-round picks to fill these holes now, we're gonna just, just going to throw all the cap space we have at these guys and move all those picks up. And, and then try to get whether it's Lance, well, I don't, I don't know. We haven't heard what their QB of choice would be. I don't know if it's Lance or Fields or Wilson. Oh, I, I don't know. But what they'll do—that's what it feels
1: like—is they'll call up Nick Casario, their old pal in Houston, if he gets three from the Dolphins. If they make the Deshaun Sean trade, trade, and that trade is as, that's as good as
2: done. Call Font? No, in, in Atlanta, they can't. They can't get out of Matt Ryan's deal even next year. Now that restructure, they cannot get out of Ryan's deal. So now they have two years. I don't. The Falcons are going to have to trade back. Because to me, if, I know we're off on a different tangent now, but to me, we always talk about the biggest advantage in the National Football League right now is having strong quarterback play on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. You can't draft the quarterback with the full intention of sitting them for two full seasons before playing them. One no. I'm totally on board with, but two full seasons?
1: You obliterate the win. Maybe
2: three, depending on his contract. Then you have to make a fifth-year option decision before you have even seen him play? Like...
1: Did the
0: restructure allow them to trade Matt Ryan now?
2: Because it was no. too much dead money before. Too much did dead that, money that this get... year and next year. So now I'll, so they're I'll not trading
0: him. I'll, no, I'm I don't pulling they, it up right now. I'll, I'll here's a, look, here's but... the thing with Cam's deal. If Cam Cam's playing for $5 million, with the upside of 14, right? Five is high-end backup money at this point. You could feel it a pretty damn good team if you can get Cam to have 15% better production next year than he had this year. At five million, you know, at yeah. five to ten million dollars, whatever. Like you could keep spending at that point. Oh yeah. Or I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if they end up making the Deshaun Watson trade. So
2: a, a Matt Ryan trade next year uh, would result in forty mm-hmm. and a half million dollars in dead cap.
0: So you restructure was, the deal, but you still handicap yourself to not be able to move. Correct,
2: the because they're gonna they might have to restructure it again. Because I yeah, mean, you they, you they basically could basically trade and save eight million dollars out of here. You
1: restructure it to move the decision out of here.
2: Yeah. Like you could re- you could restructure it another time, but then you're still you are kicking the can. Like and sure, you could save eight million dollars, but you could take a forty million dollar dead cap hit to trade Matt Ryan next year? Like I don't I don't see it. No. After just accelerating all this money up front. Like I think they're saying he's our guy for the next two years.
1: Uh, yeah. I I mean I can't see how they're gonna get it. Mean, Twenty three becomes, becomes a
2: lot easier. You know, and well, the, I mean, the final year of the deal becomes a lot of easier money, for them. But but biggest winner,
0: biggest winner and loser so far, James. um, Top, top, off the cuff, top of your head.
2: um, I think that, wow, I wasn't even, I wasn't ready for this at all. I think the biggest winner so far is Washington as a team. I really love the moves that they've made this off season. Uh, They've strengthened both sides of the football and they're in a position to win that division and and be a playoff contender. Um, I think the biggest losers
0: Got to throw the Raiders in
2: there. Yeah, yeah, the Raiders would be in there, and I think I don't want to call them losers yet because I, there's also something to be said for not making deals that could be prohibitive. But I'm surprised at the lack of activity from the Miami Dolphins. I'll say that. Uh, it doesn't doesn't mean I want them going out throwing about bad deals, but they have holes on that roster, particularly a wide receiver. They also the Deshaun Watson deal isn't done yet, and there's no guarantee they're going to get him. So considering what people thought where, you know, three months ago people thought Deshaun Watson and Kenny Galladay are sitting and drinking, you know, Mai Tais in South beach. Neither one of them are there. Man,
0: you still could end up with Deshaun Watson and Juju or Deshaun Watson. Why with that current roster? Which, it's incomplete. A big thing. <clears throat> it is. It is. I'm here. I'm here to remind you that it's day one technique. Yeah. And I'm also here to remind you that the Bucks won the Super Bowl not very long ago. Oh, did they? And I'm going to have to put them in the damn category of absolute biggest, biggest winners. They brought everybody back. Like Absolutely. I don't see anybody talking about this. You just won the Super Bowl. You had 24 free agents that Adam Shepard said you can't re-sign all of them, and you've got everybody other than Sue right now, Lombardi, Lenny, and AB. If you want AB back at this point, you got everybody. For you got you open the window. Like I, you, I don't see anybody talking about it. It's unbelievable. I don't want to be that homer, but that's an unbelievable job that needs to be talked about.
2: No, that's a good point. I, I would, I think, because we were so focused on the moves that have been made and the move differences, the big winner, period, end of story, is is Tampa. Like it, it is for me, just because they they brought the guys back that they needed to bring back. If they lose Fournette, if they lose Brown, if they lose Sue, it's not the end of the world. Um I, I've been fully prepared for them to lose Sue since about the midpoint of last season. So if they get him back, that's a bonus. You know, again, Brown and Fournette on the right deals would be fine, but I don't think they have yeah. to overpay for those guys. Um yeah. So. I'm perfectly okay with that. They've, they've had a really good offseason.
1: That's it. We're getting out of here because we need to post this podcast before it com- becomes completely outdated with something else that happens between now and the time that I edit it, which is how this has kind of worked this week, is that the moment I get done, something happens, and we have to kind of make an adjustment. So that's going to do it for us. Jake, where can everybody follow you on social media? Jake Bearians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. Jamie, where can everybody follow you
2: on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Eisner Fantasy on Instagram, and check out the thedraftnetwork.com. There's a brand new story up about the six big signings today that have major fantasy football impacts that you can read about.
1: Yes, we will be back on Monday uh, to break down some more fantasy-related content, especially if anything happens between now uh, and Monday. So that's going to do it for us. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Shoe radio and follow the show at TDN Fantasy on Twitter. That's going to do it for us this week. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you on Monday.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.